Hello, and welcome back to The Ripper, The Teller, and The Gremlin, episode 38. So, we're all back. We're all alive. We're all welcome here. Welcome back. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so, obviously, we sort of mentioned before, uh, you're being a bit spoiled this week, um, because there's going to be, uh, you know, we had one episode uploaded on Sunday, and now there's going to be three episodes this week. Tuesday, wow. Thursday, and Saturday. Um, das is obviously das, das, das. This is a German podcast now. <laughs> is <a> obviously <laughs> is obviously not uh, a normal occurrence. Um, but we have been carrying on and recording episodes. We just haven't been uploading them. Uh, yeah, I doubt we spoil you lot. Sort of different times. So <laughs> uh, making them wait and then giving it all at once. So spoil. you've got you've got a wealth of content um, from us. Hopefully, it's not too much of a good thing. Um, but obviously, going on from next week, it will be back just to our regular updates every Thursday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the, uh, the, the plan. Um, but before we get started today, I'd just like to take a moment to shout out two of our listeners who actually emailed the pod. So we have Alex from England, and then we also have... Um... Brandon. Brandon from Canada. Brandon. Sorry, I panicked from <laughs> in there. I, I completely. You went into like <laughs> a shock. Feel, yeah, feel you got an extra now. drum roll there, Brandon. You know what it is? It's because <laughs> yeah, no Brandon got no the longest. <laughs> and no one ever talks to us, and it's just it's you know it's a it's a it's a, it's a panic moment. I was like, oh my god. Um, but no, it was it was really heartwarming, actually, guys. If you, if you're listening yeah. to this one, if you haven't like <laughs> left now, you're like that's yeah, it. That like, yeah, go they they actually we haven't specified what they emailed to say. They actually emailed to say we suck and they don't, they're not going to listen. To yeah, it was it was, it was one star to ruin their day. <laughs> one one star on iTunes, worst no, podcast ever. No, but in all seriousness, um, guys, it really we really appreciate it. Um, it's been really it was really as Chris said, yeah. um, heartfelt to to actually have you know people reach out. And yeah, and for those ones. Wondering, they, they, the guys just got in touch with us and just said, um, you know, they missed the podcast and they were wondering what happened to it because we'd had a bit of a hiatus. Um, Never fear, we are here. But, but we're back. <laughs> um, and, you know, that, that getting those two emails, you know, really meant the world to us. Mm-hmm. It, it really made it really made me because you know sometimes you can do this and you can think oh do, and I and you know I've got feedback from people saying oh we really like the podcast but there's a part of you that's like do people like this and then yeah. you actually get an email and you're like oh wait people do like our ramblings mm-hmm. wonderful <laughs> you know yeah um so so that was fun but yeah sincerely from from all of us just uh, a massive thank you to you guys thank you. you don't know how much that sort of means to us mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, on, on with the show. <laughs> so I want to talk about quickly last week. So obviously I wasn't here and I was, you know, passionately listening along. And uh, the first thing I have to say is right at the start of the podcast, you guys said the teller isn't here. He's out telling tales um, and he's telling the good word of the podcast. And I was sitting there and I was like, hmm, it's a bit cult like, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> are we not I'm I'm to place. <laughs> Bradley put the knife down <laughs> <laughs> just like ready to perform the black sacrament aren't you <laughs> oh god um, yeah so so that made me laugh that got a good giggle out of me and I you know I was off you know living my best life your busy life yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> that's a joke. I was a very busy boy. 
Um, but yeah, so that was all I had to say. You won't be surprised that the next of my bullet points are all relating to the fact that Bradley talked about the Halo, the Master Chief collection last week. <laughs> so, um, no. I'll, what? so I'll just sort of being, you know, the resident Halo. <laughs> Did nerd, you see this come in? <laughs> I got so excited when, when you talked about it last week. By the way, that was a cracking episode. I really enjoyed last week's episode. So if anyone oh, hasn't heard you. it, Please go back and listen to the two guys. I mean, it's a bit of a pleasure to, to listen to them, have a great time, and not have to listen to my own voice as well. Oh, <laughs> I know what you mean. I like oh. listening to the episode I missed as well. Yeah. <laughs> different. It's a different dynamic, isn't it? Yeah. So, but, so if you haven't seen that, go back and have a look at it, and you'll get a bit of context for this bit I'm going into. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a couple of things Bradley brought up, and um, he said, the first thing you said was that uh, the first two Halos, even on the Master Chief Collection, are quite dated. And uh, I do agree with you. Um, oh, thank God. I do. This is I like, do. you know, Halo Master Chris comes in. I'm like, please agree, please agree. <laughs> So, so, so I do agree. Um, I will say that I think Halo 1 is... I think Halo 2 is a, a much better story than 1. But Same. I think Halo 1 is just so much more fun from a gameplay perspective. There's something about Halo 2's gameplay I never enjoyed. Oh, really? Yeah, I just don't know what it is. I just... There's something about... And, and there's elements I like of it. I just think, like... To me, it always, I, maybe that's because I recently just replayed them all on Legendary, and Halo 2 is just an absolute cluster muck. Mm-hmm. I want to use a different word, but cluster muck is what we're going with <laughs> on Legendary. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just pain incarnate. So, so that's the thing. Like, I say I really love the story, but, but yeah, they are, they are dated, despite the amazing blur cut scenes in Halo 2 Anniversary. Oh, good, yeah. I love, I love that you can switch back and forth. That's the best thing. The only problem is it yeah. desyncs the cutscenes, oh, so you does end it? up missing. Yeah, well, at least it did on mine. So it would always be a case if I did it too often, I'd miss parts of it. Mm. So, but yeah, they, they are so. Yeah. Good. And then the next good bit, which I, I'm agreeing good. with you again, Bradley. Yes. Free <laughs> is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Free is amazing. It is just, it is peak Halo. The set pieces are incredible. The story is incredible. It's just like yes, mm-hmm. love Halo Free. And, you know, it might be biased because that is... I played all of them, but Halo 3 was, again, the first one I ever owned. Very similar to you, Bradley. I didn't know that. I just said you'd started at the beginning. Well, I'd I'd played through 1 and 2 multiple times, but I had a PlayStation. (laughs) Um, So I'd played 1 and 2 around Carlos uh, when we used to have sleepovers and stuff when we were really, really young. Yeah. Um, So I never really owned it myself. And you but know you when still you... play through the entire things. I love that. Yeah, I mean, but I couldn't tell. But at that time, I couldn't have told you what the story was or what the you know when yeah. you have a very feeble understanding of you're just excited to shoot aliens basically as a kid, yeah. right? Um, and then yeah, again, free. Uh, sorry, Halo Free ODST. Jack, play it, play it, play <laughs> told it. You. Told you, Jack. Told you, I was going to um, get told off. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, again, I think ODST is such a hidden gem i think it, it you know free probably my favorite followed closely by odst because like bradley says it just tells such an impactful powerful character story and it combines this traditional halo experience with this noir horror like and like bradley said when he was sitting there and he was like me and alexa sneaked past the brutes i was like oh my god yeah literally yeah. on legendary just crying like crawling around the corner like i don't want to see this me. yeah <laughs> see me. um yeah that's funny 
But I will say, uh, you said you played it on Heroic, and you said you found it quite difficult, Bradley. ODST, yeah. Mm. The rest are fine, but ODST specifically, you still just Which... you take one shot and your stamina is yeah. gone, I mean, and then I... you've got like two more shots in you. Yeah, I mean, I find that weird, just because, yeah. I, like I said, I replayed all of the Master Chief Collection and Halo 5 on Legendary about a year ago. Yeah, I did, I did the whole thing through, <laughs> and I absolutely obliterated ODST and three on Legendary. Like I didn't find them difficult at all. Really? Yeah, the ones I struggled with were Halo One, which oh my god, kill me, and then Halo Two, which that's nearly, so weird. Halo Two nearly broke me on Legendary. I, and I think it's a lot to do with the fact that you can cheese Halo Three and ODST a lot with the pre- precision weapons. And the AI is not quite as clued on, except for the blooming sniper jackals. That's the yeah, but that's challenge. what I mean. And they, they just like insta kill you. Yeah, they do. But <laughs> apart from that, like... as long as you keep your distance, you can like. True, proper... but I I wanted to play these as like a classic Halo, which is just run at the enemy. Oh and yeah, win. yeah. So I, I that's mean, why Master I think... Chief standing in the corner just using a Covenant carbine and beam rifle to take out everything on Legendary isn't exactly <laughs> heroic, is it? <laughs> Exactly. So, but yeah, but ODST was that one game that's like, ah, 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 you can't do this anymore in Heroic. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> which, yeah. like I said, it was kind of a good thing because it does make you feel like you're not as, you know, a Spartan mm. anymore. You're, a, you're an ODST. So yeah. it is good. But yeah, it's weird that you thought that it was, do you, do you not just feel like you die like instantly? You do. But if, as long as you engage from the distance and you pick the enemies off one by one, right. Like so a, it's like a, the play style. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. There's this Halo Three is the easiest for because you can basically with brutes. If you've got a Covenant carbine or a sniper shoot rifle, or a beam helmet. rifle, yeah, literally, if you yeah, stand back far enough, they will not shoot you. I and do you that, but up close and personal. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so you can basically, you know, kind of, I guess, cheese it um, because they'll just stand there and mm. and move side to side, and you just have to move the trigger and keep hitting them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like I say, I love the experience. And again, Bradley, I think I've agreed with you with nearly everything you said. I think everything is what um, I was going to say. Which is... Now, I'll have to go to Halo 4 now. Amazing. And I have to say, Halo 4 <laughs> is amazing. It's so underrated. And yeah, mm-hmm. being, being big in the Halo community, there is a big element of people who are now going, oh my God, Halo 4 is actually really good. It is. With so the advent good. of the Master Chief Collection. Uh, and like being able to repay mm-hmm. everything i see so many people who are like oh my god i hated it when it came out but like replaying them all you realize how great 343's first entry really was yeah um and like you say yes. the the emotional beats are so much more pronounced than the original trilogy mm-hmm. um and you know like you said uh, i know you said it looks great and it does look great though i still have the gripe of i prefer the old art style to the new uh, yeah i i said of... i said well uh, there's some things i prefer and then there's some mm. things i don't prefer i mean and i do not I, prefer I said... the elites I'm like, what what did you do yeah yeah i don't really like a lot of that i love master chief's armor design in four yeah I think it's really yeah, cool. That's, that's cool um but yeah i i said that to to alexa i said i don't know why they felt the need to change everything mm. i was like come in yeah. you know add a few little things three four three up but like literally that i don't I don't think there was anything they left untouched. Yeah, some of it was just like, too yeah. much as well. Yeah, like, exactly. It was like you've barely changed anything, but you felt the need to do it. <laughs> that's that's why I really like Halo Wars 2 and Halo Infinite's art style, which is like a blender of the original and 343's designs. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I really like that because you get 
you get the classic, but you also get, you know, and then they just play it off as different armor variations, which mm-hmm. I'm like, you should, like that's so much better. Just do that. Yeah. Um, and again, like I say, Four's Climax is amazing. And the way that last level builds, and then you're desperately trying to get the, the nuke up to the control room and mm-hmm. the music, that soundtrack. People, people you know, uh, without Marty O'Donnell being there anymore, but that, that last track where you're trying to get the bomb up and it just, the music swells and swells the further you, closer you get. And, oh God, yeah, it's emotional. It's just that is I remember when I replayed it on legendary and it motivated me so much to try and get there and get that sort of, um, sort of past. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the last thing I'll say, um, is you talked briefly about halo five and, um, how I don't get to play it. (laughs) Yeah. Which is a shame because they make a killing if they put it on steam. But they literally, they've said that there's no plans to release it just even as a standalone like so people were like is it coming to the master chief they were like no and then they were like what about just kind of releasing it and they were like no yeah i mean they've lied before though i could see it coming (laughs) to because they said reach would never come to master chief and i'm pretty sure at one point they said odst would because they were like it's just master chief and then you you you, can you read the name or not (laughs) and then they just did the complete 180 so i wouldn't be surprised if infinite comes out and then there's enough clamour for people who are like, hey, I want... See, that's the problem. Collection. I want to play it again before Infinite. And I'm like, I don't want to set up my Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> so but, much hassle. But yeah, I mean, you talked about it, um, and Jack was quite positive on Halo 5. And I think even you said you, you enjoyed aspects yeah, of the Yeah, I enjoyed story, it. It's, you know, there is kind of, you know, there is some... It was too much overhype for what it mm. was, but uh, I still it, enjoyed I mean, it. I think it's a massive mixed bag, 5. Because I think mm. there's great story beats and there's great ideas in there. Exactly. Um, yeah. but, but then it just kind of misses the mark in a lot of... Uh, yeah, you know. I, I think the two biggest gripes Halo fans have with it was one, the misleading uh, marketing campaign, which don't get me wrong, as a marketing campaign, it was amazing. The marketing campaign for Five was incredible. But the mm. problem was they kind of took something that didn't, really exist in the game or was a very small aspect of the game and yeah, exactly. blew it up mm-hmm. and so everyone was expecting a completely <laughs> different narrative to what they actually got so it was like a great success in that it was a brilliant campaign but it wasn't reflective of the actual product yeah you know which is the biggest problem and the other problem is like you say i again i agree with you guys again i enjoyed the dynamic of swapping between blue team and fire team osiris but my problem was you only end up doing three missions as blue team and then all the other missions are Osiris. It's an <laughs> awful balance. And mm-hmm. that's why people were fuming because they were like, I played bought Halo 5 to play as Master Chief and his friends. And I've spent and his friends, I love that. And his and I've friends. spent three fourths of Master the game. Chief and Friends. Yeah. <laughs> and I've spent three so They can well, change it from Master Chief Collection to Master Chief and, and Friends. friends. And then they yeah, can that would actually I mean, work. They're more like his brothers and sisters, if you want to be specific, but <laughs> Okay, Master Chief and the fam. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, and, and then you know. To, to spend three fourths of the game actually playing as Fire Team Osiris, I think, because I think if you'd had a 50 50 split, maybe you'd still have some people upset, but I don't think it'd be as bad. Um, mm-hmm. 
but again, it felt like five has its moments, and it replaying now is like, oh, there's as- there's parts of this game I love. It just feels like it goes a bit excessive, and yeah. at times it's like it feels like it was trying to be like an Avengers movie at times, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as opposed to yeah, just being I, a I Halo product. That. And it's like, because oh, because Halo, part of the fun of Halo is you have these crazy super soldiers, but they ground them by keeping them soldiers and they ground them by keeping them like a motive. Like look at Reach, look at, look at Noble Team, look at George and all the ways that these guys are crazy, but you still see them bleed. You still see them fall over and die. You still see they keep them soldiers. Whereas in this, they start to feel like Avengers where he's like, you know, diving through the air and knocking airships yeah. out of the air with his bare hands. And like, it, it just starts to feel like, you know, Iron Man instead of like this, just, you know, more advanced soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, so, so, that is all the faults I had, um, and I'll I'll leave it there. Otherwise, I've got unless you guys <laughs> unless you guys want to add or say anything to that. No, I managed to get everything out last week. Nice. <laughs> As you can see, my brain was firing on all cylinders when you were talking about this, Bradley. I was like, oh, I was like, I no, can add fine. to this discussion. Yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, so I'll I'll jump straight into my news pieces then. So the first thing I wanted to mention was, uh, to probably no one's surprise, Total War Warhammer 3 got leaked. And what do you mean? So a load of screenshots. And oh, okay. Models. I was going to say, we already knew this. <laughs> um, well, like stuff that they just didn't want to show yet. We got right. the trailer, but there was like in-engine rendered models and uh, stuff like that, right? Um, along those... <laughs> what the hell um and stuff along those lines so (laughs) so so that was um good fun um and you know everyone was like is this real is this fake it looked pretty legit and uh because of the leak creative assembly you know the the folks at horsham they um really came out swinging and got in front of it and they released this like 30 second um, teaser and literally said official trailer date, May 13th. So anyone anyone who's excited for that um, at 5 p.m. um, British Standard Time. uh, I'm not sure what that equates to in other parts of the world. British Summertime. Is it? I swear it was British Summertime. I thought it was Standard Time. I thought it was British Standard Time. Doesn't it change depending on... I don't know. Yeah, yeah. They anyway, also BST. British yeah, summertime, yeah. They didn't just do that. They also put a hit contract out on the person who leaked it. So they were really <laughs> taking charge. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so that will be May 13th. And you can bet I'll be talking about it next week. You can bet it. Um, but I'm just, <laughs> just, just, just putting it out there. And um, for any of those who love my, my ramblings about Warhammer and always get excited when I talk about it or have been interested in it, yeah, give, give the trailer a watch. Um, see what you think. And then we'll move on to my news piece number two. So I couldn't resist it. The urge to, you know, um, give Google Stadia another little poke. Just because... Mm-hmm. As always. I hope you never get a job working for Google Stadia. Can you imagine? I mean, I'm not uh, going to at this rate, am I? <laughs> How awkward it would be. <laughs> they're like, they start looking into you, like background checking you. And they're like, hang on a second. <laughs> He has, a, well, he has a podcast where he literally just rips us apart. 
So he's applying for a for a role here. <laughs> oh, let's check out his podcast. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh. So um, yeah, let's hope they're 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 not um that furrow, right? But anyway, mm-hmm. so Google Stadia, and I can't believe this. Did you know that Google Stadia has now got a search feature? Because it didn't games? have one before. How I mean, can you be Google the world's biggest search engine without a search without a search feature? Oh, search you mean feature. you mean it literally doesn't <laughs> on your console? Oh. Never had a search feature, and they've only just put one in. They've I just see. put one in in the latest update, and they were like, "Whoa, look at us! We just put a search bar in." <laughs> hey, look at us! And everyone was like, <laughs> and half people the comments think were people cool or something. <laughs> Half the comments were people going, wait, what? There wasn't a search bar on your console? What the hell? And the other half were like, look at the biggest search engine in the world finally adding a search engine to an 18-month-old console. <laughs> oh, oh, God, that is poor, isn't it? it oh, mm. They just tried to rush it out the door so quick, didn't they? That's the problem here. Like, and don't get me wrong. I'll continue to. We, 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 you know, sometimes <laughs> we, we take some stances and stuff, but... We're never nasty just because we want to be nasty. We're nasty because we love this industry and because we want to see this industry become better. And because a lot of the time, if we're mean about companies, you know, we still say, hey, don't send them hate because the devs have poured their hearts into it. It's not Mm -hmm. like always their fault. Like, so, you know, we are trying to, you know, okay, yeah, we do make fun of stuff from time to time, but it's not with the intention of just being naysayers. It's with the intention of, you know, and I think like Bradley said last week, where I was really impressed when you covered the um, Bob um, stuff at Activision. Like we yeah. try to be balanced. We try to give you both sides and mm-hmm. um, not be, you know, the anti-corporation YouTubers, but also not be the shill YouTubers who are, hey, like, let's <laughs> let's just kiss the ass of this company and like not point out anything we dislike or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, just, it's all non-bias, isn't it? It's all just, all just. Yeah. I mean, obviously, everyone has their personal biases. Oh but... yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. But but we try yeah, not to on the podcast. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I do. I, like I openly Sony. say, I hate no. Sony. No, I'm I done. like Sony. No, when I get demons, I'm holes, done. It's, it's, it, I'll never forgive them. Will that, for that. will that change they, you? Yeah, will that change your mind. <laughs> yeah, or they go back in time and they remove the coming to PC at the bottom. I don't. I don't. Oh, you never know any human error. So yeah, you... exactly. <laughs> I don't accept human error as an excuse. Thank you very much. <laughs> human error. No, I'm done. Sony, I, I'm quite openly a Sony hater now on this podcast. So if you're coming for balanced, <laughs> unbiased I mean, Sony reviews. I, I still like Sony, so. <laughs> yeah, same. Don't worry, guys. It saddens me. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway. It'd be so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bradley. Jesus. <laughs> In other news, um, I will move on to my movie news. So, um, we did you see this over the weekend? Because this legitimately actually made me a bit sad, and I was a bit confused by all this. So, before I get into the details, it could potentially just be a mis you know mishap of circumstances that these two events just happened to fall on the same day. But to me, it seems a bit odd. So we had Henry Cavill celebrating his birthday. 
Yeah. And it was fun. It was great. Uh, you know, most of the nerd and geek community house him as the king of king of the nerds. And we talked about that meme before, and I love so it. So he had a birthday fit for a king. <laughs> Indeed. And everyone was, Quite posting, literally. everyone was posting happy birthday to our Superman, happy birthday to the Witcher, happy birthday to, you know, all these great roles he's had. And Some for the most part... were just posting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were. There literally were. Um, and it was really fun to see. And, you know, he seemed to really appreciate. And, you know, I love it when you have an actor that seems to really care and share our hobbies and engage with us. And... Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice when you've got love coming from both sides, you know, because a lot of yeah. the time you can get these yeah. celebrities who wouldn't... Don't acknowledge it. Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't even, care yeah. sideways. Whereas you get the the sense from Cavill that he is a fan as much as us in a lot of respects. Yeah, yeah, sure. Especially with The Witcher. Just look at all of the man's press talk where he's just like, you know, talking about how he played The Witcher 3 like 500 times and he was like obsessed with it. <laughs> Um, and you know he was a World of Warcraft geek going up, growing up, so I can believe that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so it was his birthday. But on the same day, later in that day, we also got the news that they're rebooting Superman from Warner Bros. And they oh. dropped this huge story, and everyone was like, you know, maybe they didn't notice, but it's a bit messed up to on your old Superman's birthday to drop the news that you're rebooting Superman. Like it kind of feels a bit like a snub. (laughs) You know? Yeah. They thought we need to do it when he's at his happiest, (laughs) when he's got the most love and support. Well, it ended up in Henry Cavill unfollowing both Warner Bros and DC um, on on social media. Um, Burn. Because that must be quite upsetting if, like, because he was, yeah, he was an be. advocate trying to keep the role. And, you know, we want, I, I, I'd said many a times, let him have, uh, you know, another movie or another two movies and then yeah, reboot yeah. it. Like, you can reboot these things perpetually. They're rebooting James Bond until we die. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and, and the news we sort of got was that we'd sort of talked about the rumours that they're going to do uh, a black Superman. And that J.J. Abrams was maybe there to helm. Um, but now they've confirmed they are going to get a black director. J.J. Abrams is going to produce. And this is where there's been debate on the internet. Because I've said before, I wanted what I personally wanted was I wanted Henry Cavill to get his trilogy, uh, to get two more movies. And then I was completely on board with a black Superman. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not one of these people who are like, oh, no, we'd... No, that is actually really cool. Like, I... I've got no yeah. issue with that at all. I would like to see that. But my problem, which has, has come out of this, is I don't know if anyone knows, but in DC Comics, you have Val Sod and Calvin Ellis. And Calvin Ellis is the one that looks like Barack Obama. Which is, <laughs> he's, a, he's a parallel universe version of Superman in DC Comics that is the president of the United States as well. Um, and then Val Zod is a parallel universe, son of uh, Sod, obviously, um, or, so they can or, just get Barack Obama to play the role. So they could, either, they could either get Barack Obama, which I'd be down for, or they can get Val Zod, um, <laughs> a, an actor to play Val Zod. Um, but the problem is people really like Val Zod and they really like Calvin Ellis. I mean, Calvin Ellis is more of a meme character because of the, the whole Barack Obama thing. Um, but Val Zod is, you know, quite a cool, interesting character. I'd sort of compare it to the, you've got Peter Parker and then you've got Miles Morales, right? Mm-hmm. 
in that I love Peter Parker and I also really love Miles Morales. And I'd love yeah, to yeah. have um, a, a movie about Miles Morales. You know, I loved the Spider-Verse movie. Yeah. Um, but, but the biggest oh, problem so good. I've sort of seen online is they aren't doing Valsod and they aren't doing Calvin Ellis. Instead, what they've decided to do is just race bend Clark Kent. Oh. Yeah, which is... <laughs> Created a bit of a. It seems strange. It seems strange to do that considering you there's have the alternatives Superman. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That people want to see. Explore it. Yeah. It's like if instead of grabbing Miles Morales, you turn Peter Them Parker going... into yeah. Miles Morales's ethnicity. Yeah. Like, which kind makes of just no seems sense. Redundant. Yeah. Like because it's it's also it's also interesting because you like you say you would be down for and there's a lot of people out there who would be down for seeing these other characters like parallel version stories Mm. like in a movie so it gives them a chance to not just say we're rebooting superman and we're going to do the same story over again yeah why don't they just do one they haven't done before and make it different and then go here go well this is you know from the comics this is the parallel version of superman and people will go okay that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you know at the end of the day I, I will watch this movie and I'll give it a go because I I love superhero movies and I'll, I'll give anything a go. I just, like you say, uh, personally, I just think why not use the characters that already exist? Um, and like, I think everyone could agree we wouldn't want Black Panther to be played by like a white guy. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like, like what the hell? That would just make you uncomfortable. Yeah, massively so. Yeah. It would, wouldn't it? <laughs> Um, just, I can just and I, I absolutely love imagine, Black Panther. Imagine like Nicolas Cage film. playing him. Oh my god! Come on, steal the Declaration of Independence and get this man a shield. But first, we raid the library. Oh god! Could you imagine? Oh my god! That's so funny. Just feels so unco- Like everybody else isn't changed, but him. No. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, yeah. And also, my thing as well is like, um, it sounds exciting. And and don't get me wrong. One of the story, despite my gripes with race bending Clark Kent, one of the story pieces they said is it might be a period piece, um, which I always love the idea of Superman in a different time period. Um, mm-hmm. Than what we've seen, I think that's a brilliant idea. That's really cool, and you know, I'm sure there might be dealing with certain. If it's like, say, the you know, the forties, obviously there's going to be sort of he's going to have to deal with sort of like racism, right? When it was strife and when it was, you know, I mean, there's still issues today, but but when it was really really bad, you know, um, and that's all cool and and different ideas we've never really seen, and you know, before people go, oh you know, too much politics and superheroes. Superheroes have kind of always been, had an element of sort of social messaging anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I'm sort of okay with it. And, you know, it's interesting. Like, look at Joker. Joker is a massive, like, it's, it's literally, they were like, his original origin story is the man falls in acid and goes crazy. And now his new origin story in the latest movie was put the man into society, into modern yeah, society. Well, society, do yeah, and then and so he doesn't yeah, need yeah. the acid. He doesn't. He just put him in society, and that no. is such a cool. Um, as much as I'm not message the biggest fan of that movie because I prefer the comic booky sort of take on Joker, but I still thought that was such a cool different concept. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll obviously watch it as it progresses. I'm I I will watch uh, you know anything, 
and like I say, it's it's just well, we've got to see what happens. But I again, I just I did feel bad for Henry Cavill, and it just seems odd to yeah. get all this info dump on his birthday. It, mm, I hope it. I hope it's just a poor, you know, coincidence. Um, but if it's not, that's so petty. Like you're a massive multi-dollar film studio. Like, can't you? Like not multi-dollar, 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 five dollars. Please rub your hands. That's how many dollars I got. Uh, yeah. Um. You guys got anything to add before I move on? No. Poor guy. No, no. I'm all good. Happy yeah. belated birthday, Henry. Yeah, yeah. from the podcast. Can you imagine if he was a listener? We got an email from Henry Cavill. Oh my god! Thanks, guys. I think I, I really appreciate it. We're we're on your side, Henry. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I, I, I wanted Henry's trilogy, and then I wanted the Black Superman movie. I'm not these people who were like, no, never, no, I, I want that, but I want Henry Cavill's trilogy as well. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted that first, and then I was happy with the Black Superman. But yeah, you know, before we <laughs> get any people who are like, you just don't want. No, I do, I do want that. I just want it after. Both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or give us both. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I'll move on to the last bit of news. And this was really exciting for me. And it's been a while since I've talked about this franchise on the podcast. And I, went, I think um, for the first couple of episodes, I must have talked about this like every week. Um, and I'm wondering if there's any sort of wheels moving in your brains to was what this is. Is, Dragon it, Ball? is it Dragon Ball? It is indeed. Yeah. So they announced a new Dragon Ball Super movie. And um, this is really exciting because I've talked about it before. There's the actual anime for Dragon Ball Super was really, um, really split, split the fan base down the middle. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that sort of unified the fan base, brought them back, was um, Dragon Ball Super Broly, which was the movie um, that was set after the, um, the anime. Um, and, you know, the, uh, they brought back the original writer and creator of the series, Akira Toriyama. Um, and... Uh, he sort of did and it's really cool because he had no part in the super anime he had no part in the super manga so it was really since the first time since dragon ball z uh, you know all the way back from our childhood that he'd had any hand in his own franchise mm-hmm. just because he, he was bored of it and he didn't really you know made enough money he was just <laughs> chill which you know complete fair play to the man but then yeah. he came back for dragon ball super broly and everyone loved it and i'm sure that's because you had the original creator back in back in helping you know it's like the mandalorian where you had george lucas back on giving feedback and passing on ideas these original creators get the essence of their their creations you know um and nowhere is that more evidence than if you watch the super broly movie and they've just said you know it's another movie a follow-up to dragon ball super broly akira toriyama is back again um Excite, so exciting and all he said was I can't talk about it much but there will be a surprise returning character um, and some big cool interesting twists and um, that is very exciting it's very exciting because the uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly was a shock to a lot of people because Broly was a non-canon character that had existed in the 90s like spin-off movies um, but Akira Toriyama had nothing to do with Broly. And he was basically just this big dude who ran around going, Kakarot! And like, I'm going to kill you. He was just this giant rage-filled monster 
who would run around and heavy metal would play as he ran across the screen and he was, I'm going to kill you. Like that was literally his character, just this big angry. <laughs> and then in Dragon Ball Super Broly, you get the first time Akira Toriyama has gone, right, I like that character, but I'm actually going to give him a backstory. I'm actually going to give him a purpose. I'm actually going to give him emotion. I'm actually going to give him an arc, a storyline. And he took that character from a one-note character and did something fantastic and made it canon. So there's a lot of hope that maybe some of the other non-canon amazing characters are maybe this surprise character he's talking about. And he's going to give them the same service he gave to Broly in the Broly movie. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people out there who love the original Broly. There's a lot of people who just like a giant villain who just screams and beats up the heroes. <laughs> but I kind of like um, the newer take where he's more nuanced and there's a lot of tragedy behind the character. And there's this real sadness to him. Um, that I just absolutely adore in the new movie. And I've watched that movie like a hundred times and I never get bored of it. Um, so I couldn't be more excited for this movie. And they've talked about as well, um, before we move on, that there's been an advancement in the technology. So I have no idea what that means, but they've just said <laughs> that the but animation is going to be state of the art. It's going to be like pulling all the punches and it's going to have a massive budget because Super Broly did phenomenal. It got cinema releases. Like you've just seen the numbers it did in like Brazil and United States and all over the world. Like this thing raked in the cash for them. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they're putting that money to good use with, you know, the pushing the bounds of what you can do in animation and, mm-hmm. You know, I have no idea what that entails. Hopefully it doesn't mean it's just going to be a completely CGI because um, Japan has a weird obsession with turning anime into a complete CGI-like monstrosity. Um, <laughs> so hopefully that doesn't Advancements. happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so that was my thoughts. Obviously you guys are not as invested in that franchise as I am. Do you, does that interest you? Does it sound, you know, exciting? Or I still love animation. Like, I'm g- so. I'm going to go straight out on the thing here and say, and I'm sure you already know what I'm going to say, but I just know so little about it all. Even yeah, after you I, just said all that, it still has not gone in my head. Like, I, think I, just, you, I think you two like would actually... 50% of that. <laughs> I, I think you... Weirdly, I've spoke about it before, Dragon Ball Super Broly, it, it's first, it, it kind of recaps parts of the main story and it kind of serves it kind of retells the origin of the entire story, like in the first like 15 minutes, because it ties mm-hmm. Broly into the main character's origins. Um, so you kind of see the origins all over again it, it, from like a fresh perspective. So yeah. for a lot of people, Broly served as a really good entry point into the franchise as well, because you kind of, obviously there's still stuff you'd probably be very confused by, but you can get majority of the information just from that one movie. <laughs> that makes any sense yeah um i'd love for you both to watch it or for us to do like a sit down and watch it together um you know maybe maybe even stream it stream a reaction (laughs) that'd be quite fun um but i generally think you'd both really enjoy it i probably would to be fair Mm. but yeah that is my news done this week wow Okay, nice. Um, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna jump in next, Bradley, because you also have a review, don't you? Whereas I don't. So I mm-hmm. think I've got two short news pieces today. Um, okay. And 
you'll be surprised to know that one of them is about Apex because I don't ever talk about it on the podcast. I don't ever talk Even about those sort of games of at all. Yeah, I have had a break. You're right, I have. Um, so thanks for just validating my news piece, Bradley. Um, <laughs> so, um, so the reason I want to talk about Apex, um, it's a very, very short news piece. Um, season nine just started and I have been dragged back in, which you know happens from time to time with this game. Um, but the reason I've been dragged back in is because it all started with some online rumors, um, people talking about things they'd noticed, things they'd seen, you know, the, the normal fan base of games, you know, whittling away these, these stories and conspiracy theories and everything like that. Uh, but season nine brought another new legend. And this legend goes by the name of Valkyrie. Um, so it turns out that we, as we all know, Apex is set in the same universe as Titanfall. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some heavy rumors that more Titanfall styled stuff was going to be coming to the later seasons of Apex. Oh, yeah. Titans. <laughs> yeah. Well, hear me out, Bradley. So um, the, new, the new legend, uh, like, aka Valkyrie, um, yeah. is actually her backstory is of the, um, she's the daughter of one of the plot characters in Titanfall 2 storyline. Okay. Um, and he dies in the story. Um, spoiler alert. But anyway, he dies in the story. Um, I believe he goes by the handle of Viper. I think it's Viper. He's on, he has a uh, jetpack. I think you fight him in the sky in one mission in Titanfall 2, if you remember the campaign at all. You're on top of a um, like moving ship on the, on the roof of it, I believe. Right. Um, but anyway, point being, so that's the backstory. And the, <laughs> this is why the legend is amazing. So they have already implemented small little hints of Titanfall because the class is actually like a mini Titan within a character. Um, so essentially, the passive ability is thrusters, um, and it's like a jetpack with thrusters, um, and it has the same sort of back as the you know the skinnier Titans that have like the, the jagged Atlas. wings on the back. Wait, no, yeah. the, the ones with the wings on the back. Yeah. Um, so that's what the class looks like. And you have thrusters as a passive ability, which obviously give you, um, they give you obviously the high ground. They give you uh, an overview because you can get above everybody else. So you can kind of look down before you fall. Um, Their main ability is cluster rockets, like the standard Titanfall rockets that come off of the Titan's arms uh, Mm -hmm. or shoulders, I believe. Uh, And they actually launch the same way that they do in Titanfall. And the ultimate is, again, using the sky. Uh, it's called the Skyward Dive. Now, this is really cool mechanically because what, the, what it essentially does is, I remember when the, the class first came out, I was a bit skeptical. I was like, I'm not really sure how this is going to be useful in the game. But it really is. So it doesn't do any damage or anything like that. But what, what it gives you the ability to do is you on your own or you and your two teammates, they can, if you activate your ultimate and they come over to you, they can hook onto the sides of you <laughs> with um, like a grappling hook and you launch up into the sky and then get propelled down. So you basically get to fall like you do from the start of the get like at the start of the match. But again, so you can, you can cover oh, masses good. of ground. So basically it's that's useful so for circle. Yeah. Because it's useful for escaping zone. If you're miles away from the circle and the things coming in, you can literally launch yourself up and give yourself, you can skip out like a massive chunk of the map just, in the sky um which is cool it doesn't let you stay it's in the kind of for like ages, ditch but... your team though isn't it it will no because you can bring them with you that's what i'm saying oh, so they, they so, so you're too cute yeah so your teammates and potentially annoying for online play <laughs> well well you get the choice though so what happens oh, is you initiate awesome. launch 
Right, so you initiate launch and then the thrusters like have a, a slight, it's like a three second time to where they build up basically. And then it yeah. tells you you're ready to launch. And then you can either hold there until your teammates come over and then they hook onto either side of you or you can just launch on your own. So you can use it depending on the situation, however you want. But I found it already really useful. Me and Owen have been playing a lot of Apex on duos and it's so useful in a combat scenario as well because you can literally see a squad a little way away from you in combat and you can just launch all the way over and land directly above them or like land to the side of them or land in front of them or land behind them or whatever. And you can just use it however you see fit. Or for me, I've also used it where I've been the last one I left alive and I've just been absolutely clipped and I'm like one hit from death and I've got behind something and just quickly initiated launch and I've just boosted myself miles out of oh, this. So that's I can quite just go newbie, in. isn't it? It is, but it's so cool. Because, like, but it doesn't make you invincible either because like, when you're launching, obviously the, the build-up time means you hold dead still while you're, while you're building it. Oh, okay. also, and also when you launch, you can still be shot on your way up. So people, if, if people are so they got mad tracking aim. you, they can just, yeah. But either way, the, the Legends ability is great. I, I, um, my, my new favorite Legend at the moment, um, I've used, I literally bought it the day, the first day I started the new season and I haven't used anyone else really since apart from the odd game where I'm messing around. But anyway, so that's, that's the main thing. But here's where Bradley goes back to what he said about Titans. Um, there is still rumours circulating that Titans may end up coming to Apex. <gasps> you know, because, that would get me in. Well, I've never, I, I've, I just I've, think... I've played it once for like a day. Yeah. And, and yes. that is the one thing Bradley, that would get me in. <laughs> Bradley loved it because of how good he was at, the, at dealing damage. He just wasn't liking the fact that he kept getting I knocks so and no kills. I had so much damage in my first few games. Um, you will be pleased like to know, Bradley, as well. Nothing. Now, now in, uh, our, you know your after game report each time you die and you yeah. win or whatever. They now count your knocks as well. Um, as a separate oh, thing, so you can nice. see your damage. About like seventeen knocks, knocks kills, zero kills, knocks, one kill. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I did anyway, well, boys. So, <laughs> so there's there's obviously like a lot. I'm not going to go into the loads of rumors about why they're saying that, but they did say that more content will follow in the later seasons to um, spiral from Titanfall. But somebody picked up on something which I saw online, and I was like, oh, that's cool. So um, you get loading screens, obviously. You unlock them in the battle pass. You unlock them in packs. You, you, you just get them from the new seasons and things like that. And somebody noticed that in the background of one of the loading screens from what I believe was last season, actually, um, one of the legends at the time, there's a scene which is in like a workshop, um, and it's just like a chaotic mess in there, basically. But in the background, one of the legends is actually fixing up a Titan, like an actual Titan mm. shell. Like they're literally, they're welding it. And I was like, it's a bit odd for them to put that in there if there's no, like, because it's not like it's even related to the new legend because obviously that's a whole different thing because it's a suit in itself. So it's not like they were just building that suit, if you know what I mean. It's actually the Titan. And it's apparently it's the Titan that her dad uses from Titanfall. Right. Um, and I was like, See, it seems interesting that also it's not the direct legend who's fixing it either. So mm. it implies that other legends are accessing these, these bits of gear. Cool. And I was like, imagine, because Titanfall's multiplayer is just so great in its own way. Yeah, and I, I mean, just, obviously it would have to be kind of scaled down. Yeah, I would, I'd like to know how they would do it. But I, if they could make it balanced enough and not just ruin the game with it, I think, I think it's probably why they're taking I mean, their time even if they just ruined the game for like one season... And then just take it I'd out. I'd be all right with that. Yeah. <laughs> you would. You don't play it. <laughs> yeah. It'd be me on the podcast like, I hate Apex. Since and Chris's like, I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
um but yeah so anyway point being um and i will just say while we're on the subject of season nine um however as much as i've been brought back to the game massively again recently um the battle pass is just another letdown again i've, I've i don't know what it is they just can't do battle passes I'm, i don't know why i don't know what they're... What, what do you mean by letdown like just um i feel like so you obviously if you You've got points left over on your account. You can you can just buy it with like like any other um, battle royale. You can just buy it with the points. But obviously, a lot of people spend all that, so then they have to actually pay whatever it is. It's about just under ten pound or whatever it is for the yeah. battle pass. Um, I just feel like for for the sake of how hard it is on Apex as well to level up. Like it, I feel like it's the hardest and slowest battle royale to to level up your battle pass, and you really have to grind it a lot to hit tier one hundred. I did it one season, and it took me literally grafting it day in day out, every weekly challenge, everything like that came out. I was clawing your eyes out, like, and I was stressing, yeah, and I was stressing about it, and because I was like, and I'm not a bad player, so I, it wasn't like I was just getting low XP every game. It just, it just is hard, and I feel like for what you have to put in. It's not worth it because I, I scrolled through the battle pass again this time and there's only sort of two or three legendary items in the whole battle pass. There's like, okay, you get a legendary pack every now and again, um, but again, that's still randomized. Um, and the rest of the stuff is just a bit like naff. Like it's just like, oh, you know, here's a here's a, an intro line that your character, one of your legends can say. And like, oh, here's a little skydive emote and things like that. And I'm just like, other games battle passes hook me and make me want to own the battle pass to mm. get this cool stuff. And I'm like, yeah. there's probably one thing in that whole battle pass that I'm like, I'm not buying it for the sake of that. Like just for the sake of one, one item. Do you know what I mean? And I, I don't yeah. know why, but I just think that's one thing they struggle on. I think uh, there's probably, there's obviously a lot of people who still buy it, but me personally, that it never holds my interest. There's never about uh, anything in there that makes me go. And even every battle pass, as you know, in any game that has one, the tier 100 or tier, whatever the highest tier is, has always got to be something really cool, like an awesome legendary skin or like an awesome gun skin or something like that. It's always a gun skin in apex. And I, even that, I feel like they're just getting a bit bored. Like the skins are just a bit repetitive now and just a bit like, Okay, it just looks like last season's tier one skin. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, like, I don't feel like they're individual enough. And considering you can buy skins individually anyway, so if you found a legendary skin you liked, not necessarily the same one that's in the tier one hundred, but you can just buy that separately with the points you have. So it's not like you can't get a cool skin for your gun anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You'll probably just find one you like and stick to it. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that's that's my little news piece about apex season nine um it's the new legend is definitely worth checking out it's great i, I really think it's cool. created some interesting gameplay mechanics and things like that um so yeah that's my first piece of news done and my second piece of news is actually relevant not to when this episode comes out it won't be the same day but this news actually came from today i didn't have this planned um but the trailer for venom let there be carnage just came out <laughs> and i watched it not long before is the podcast. It a teaser or is it a full length? No, it's a full trailer. Oh, and I, I thought it was this. fake. I, I I thought it was fake because um someone I know sent it to me and I was like, it was on YouTube and at first it was posted by an account that wasn't really massive and I was like, oh, I don't know, this just seems like it's fan made or something dodgy. like that. And I clicked on it and I was like, no, this is too good and too well made to be fan made. Um. And then I realized it's like a full length trailer. And then obviously since then it started going on all mediums. Sony posted it not long ago and stuff like that. And I've just mm. watched, I watched it a couple of times already. Um, I'm just mega hype. I'm mega hyped. Yeah. For this film. Um, right. The trailer, like it the does everything one. I loved about the first one, but it just looks like better. Like I just hate. So the trailer opens with um, Eddie Brock in his kitchen. If that same 
run down flat yeah um, but obviously he's all used to having venom now and like the trailer opens to a note a sign on the wall that says we don't eat people that we don't eat good people um and then he's in the kitchen and venom he's like making a glass of orange like eddie brock and venom's arms are coming out the back of him and they're cooking up breakfast for him and he's not doing anything but venom is singing in his venom voice like singing See, like, <laughs> this like, is what a, we like, always needed from comic books yeah yeah who knew and, when so, they wrote venom as a crazy serial killer one day yeah, we'd have a we're movie get a where he's making breakfast. We're making breakfast, but it's great, right? Because he like he makes um like because you know in the first one he eats like this uh, like absolute atrocity like of mess of food. So he's cooking up breakfast and he cooks up this awful looking plate <laughs> of food, yeah, and he slams it on the table for Eddie Brock, yeah, and he goes yummy, yeah, and it's like <laughs> and it looks awful, right? But then it gets into the trailer. I love Go Tom on. Hardy's Venom voice. Oh, it's great. It's in, it's in, like, it's I didn't realise that was Tom Hardy until like after the movie. Yeah, and and but like there's so many bits of good humour, but like not where they're trying hard, and that's what I liked about the first Venom is the yes. humour wasn't try hard. And in this one, so you I know agree. Mrs. Chen. Yeah, you know Mrs. Chen yeah, from yeah. the store. I remember. Yeah, so he walks into the store and uh, at the start of the trailer uh, after that like breakfast bit, he walks into the trailer. Uh, into the trailer, he walks into the shop and uh, he says, "Hi, Mrs. Chen." And she's like, "Hi, Eddie." And then she goes, "Hi, Venom." And Venom's arm comes out the back of him and goes. He says something like, "I can't remember what he says to her, or whatever." And he says, "She, Venom." Uh, Eddie's like, "Venom said hi," and she's like, "Oh, lovely." And then at the end of the trailer, it goes back to that same clip, like the same bit. And as you know, at the end of every Marvel and DC trailer, there's always like a little end bit after the title, a little stinger, like, a little jokey yeah. bit. Yeah, well, the stinger in this is um, Eddie standing in the store and she goes, oh, Eddie, um, the chocolate delivery didn't uh, arrive today. And Venom goes, what? And he goes, and she goes, he goes, you had, we had a deal. And he goes, am I allowed to eat Mrs. Chen? And she's like, and he's like, you cannot eat Mrs. Chen. Um, but anyway, I just, the, the humor's there. The, I love Venom. I thought he was like a really lovable character in the first yeah, one as well. It yeah. surprised like, me how well they attached. humanized him. Yeah, and... I just, I just think he looks great. And obviously, Woody Harrelson as um, Carnage, you get to see at one point yeah. the, towards the end of the trailer. I mean, is the wig see... better? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it looks is. better. That was um, awful. But at the end of the trailer, <laughs> like the very end of the trailer, you get to see Carnage for like a quick snippet. And right, Bradley, do you remember the original Spider-Man game on PlayStation? Spider-Man. Oh, God, I don't know if it's PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2, but where you swing yeah. through the corridors and you have to escape uh, Carnage chasing you. Yeah. You, to, yeah you know how like carnage has got like all these extra tentacles and arms and there's like loads yeah. of them he's all like jittery <clears> isn't he <throat> it just looks fantastic awesome. like the carnage oh, CGI i like that yeah, where awesome. it's like it's this weird creepy squirmy sort of like yeah bubbling mass yeah, coming it, towards yeah, you isn't like, it yeah yeah and it's that's the thing and it looks great and i just honestly i i saw the trailer watched the trailer all I've got to say is I am so excited. And it's also been given a release date. And as long as it doesn't get pushed back, um, it's currently September the 24th. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. So end half of the year. Oh, um, or 24th yeah. or 26th, I think. I can't remember which one. But Well, um, I'll definitely be watching that trailer when we finish oh, on, on there. Definitely so. watch it. And you're going to love it. And you'll laugh. And there's bits where you just think like, it's just, Venom is just this great personality in his own way. And I don't mm. know how they do it. But he just is so so fantastic, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just all around a great trailer, and I it's made me even more hyped for Venom Two. I can't wait to nice. see it. Um, but yeah, so that's my two little news pieces done. Uh, Bradley, take it away. Yeah. So first off, I wanted to talk about one of our favourite companies, and that's Activision. Um, and Activision have actually had a win recently, and it's a win that pretty much no one had 
you know any idea it was even going on and that is um they were actually sued nine years ago <laughs> um and you know nobody has ever heard of anything about this but they won the case and they were actually sued by a company called worlds incorporated and the reason i wanted to talk about this is just because i found this this lawsuit such a stupid concept to even right so this was in 2012 um so you know the nine years ago and basically the the idea the idea behind this lawsuit was that they this this company um essentially claimed that they had invented Avatar's 3D multiplayer and the ability to interact with other players in a 3D space. Wow. And so they they basically said, well, Activision has, um, you know, uh, Call of Duty, they have World of Warcraft, they're abusing this. They're taking our Avatar's 3D multiplayer and the ability to interact with each other. What? (laughs) I know. And literally nine years later... Activision's like defense was entirely based on the fact that you you can't you can't do something as vague as 3D multiplayer and they're like <laughs> yes we can and they're like no you can't hasn't then, World of Warcraft been around since like the early 90s at this point yeah, as well exactly but they basically they claim credit over making all of those things so they basically they're the self-described like the company um worlds incorporated are basically self-described the leading intellectual property developer and licensee of patents related to 3d online virtual worlds so they basically think they have complete claim over 3d online virtual worlds shouldn't they be suing like every multiplayer game that's exactly what i said i went why did they i went you know why 2012 cod is it's like peak at this point Mm. you know like modern warfare wow still massive wow still massive they're like where's the big money at sue them so i just (laughs) thought that was a hilarious piece of news um yeah and they've won because that's not really a lawful ground to stand on or is you know i own 3d virtual spaces (laughs) i just thought it was hilarious i saw that and i had to talk about it Um, yeah that's just insane (laughs) moving on yeah. No, what did you want to say? No, I just, I just, it's just blown my it's mind. Baffled, yeah. Yeah. Worlds Incorporated, as if anybody is sitting there going, oh, yes, Worlds Incorporated did, in fact, pioneer <laughs> 3D online <laughs> virtual space. They're like, um, Brandy, you don't really know what you're talking about. They should have won that. Um, but yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, we'll email the pod if we don't get it. And yeah, clearly, do. clearly, we're completely wrong. That would be an email I'd love to read, actually. Yeah, and they've got like a really detailed like IP law and how it does technically. Oh, yeah, definitely email it in if you have any idea why they thought they could get away with that. But um, moving on to, um, you know, still talking about gaming giants and that is um, Epic Games. It's not the Epic Games Apple debate, don't worry. Um, this is actually a, a kind of leak that happened during the Epic Games and um, Apple debate. So while providing uh, documentation in court, Epic Games um, apparently leaked a document that wasn't meant to go out. And apparently they offered Sony $200 million to have its first party exclusives on the Epic Games Store. Wow. And Sony turned them down. And I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) why? There's so much money as well. Like, Mm. just for them to go, nah. We don't really need that, do we? And apparently it was for four to six titles. So not even like the entire catalogue. Just, wow. just four to six titles to have exclusivity on the Epic Game Store. 
and they reportedly turned it down. Um, you think that's a no-brainer, right? Yeah, exactly. But it's, you, that just goes to show how far Sony is willing to go to keep their little like. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, I at the get time because obviously this was a while ago. This is probably before they were um, starting to put games onto PC. Right. Yeah. Uh, before before they got that nice Steam money rolling in. Exactly. But <laughs> it it is weird, and, and maybe they just thought, okay, you know, we can do better if we put it on every platform you know um and that 200 million is is, is a low ball um so yeah it, it was kind of you know a sad moment for me because i was like i know we are slowly getting um sony games but i will yeah you know, the, the, that, there's that definitely been, it could have been fast tracked you know if they had that kind of funding um, <laughs> yeah to do it but yeah i just thought it was crazy that epic wanted it this badly and sony were like uh nope <laughs> um yeah, yeah so you know, just just some short pieces of news that I found this week, but I thought they were kind yeah. of interesting. Um, and the last one is actually, I, just, I also just wanted to kind of see if you guys had seen it. Um, have you heard about the next Division game? Yes, yeah. No, I, I heard a little I have bit. Not. So Go on, they, take it away, buddy. They recently announced it, um, and it's called The Division Heartland, and it's mm-hmm. actually going to be a free-to-play game this time. Okay, um, yeah. And I believe it's set more in the sort of um, mid uh, midwest of America, or like kind of the middle regions. Like, yeah. Um, compared to obviously where we've been on the the coast, yeah, been in like was, Washington, um, Boston, and then Washington, yeah, yeah. Was it New so, No New York then Washington, wasn't it? New York then yes. Washington. Yeah. So now we're going to be kind of like the heart of America, you know, lots of green fields, <laughs> like open spaces. Um, well, but yeah, nothing I was just to cover kind of, behind. Yeah, true. Lots of fields, <laughs> grass. <laughs> but I was in the mud. Like, Hard in the mud. <laughs> Um, yeah, one, the free-to-play is kind of like out of nowhere. They're, they're suddenly like, you know, well, maybe we want to change mm. direction with the game. Um, I, I think that's a, a really brilliant idea. Free-to-play. Yeah, free, yeah, I agree yeah, with yeah, the so free-to-play. I. I think The Division has always lended itself to being a free-to-play game yeah. um, compared to the other games that are out there that are similar and that have also gone to free-to-play. You've got like things like Destiny. Um, it's free-to-play. I mean, to be fair, Outriders did, you know, the opposite and went for a paid system. Um, but mm. they did they did say there weren't they, they a had live the power of the game. game pass behind them as well though. They did have that to be fair to them. But yeah, so um I think the free to play is, is a huge boon for them. Um yeah. I think that will still end up doing really well, especially because they'll bring in so many more players that will you know, players that won't necessarily have bought the game, but when they get in there, they'll start enjoying it and they'll start spending, you know, microtransactions or however the, the division is making its money, um, which will probably be some form of like, you know, battle pass or skins or, you know, the typical ways that modern games are kind of working free to play models. Um, but yeah, I'm also kind of intrigued by the different setting. It'd be nice to kind of be out in, in the, you know, in the, middle of nowhere essentially compared to we've had these really built up cities yeah. i think it'd be a good change of pace for the series um who what did you prefer division one or division two i, I didn't play two <clears> i <only throat> played the demo of two so i, I can't really yeah say. so so i own both um and i've played quite a lot of one uh a I few years ago one. and then i also played it again because it was a couple of months ago it was free with xbox live gold mm-hmm. uh, which was fun and i jumped back into that and i had a really good time in one and then I bought two for like four pounds in the sale, and yeah. <laughs> uh, I've never played it. <laughs> uh, see, I've played a bit of it, and instantly I was just more drawn to one. I was yeah. like, they built a whole engine. They built the Snowdrop mm-hmm. engine, 
and they had this amazing snow and you felt cold walking through that world and you wanted yeah, to put yeah. a hat on your character. You wanted yeah. to gear Coat. him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. literally. Plus. Most games, I'd always be like, you know, I'm yeah, it was very much the helmet beanie, off. beanie operator game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah you did. Oh, an orange yeah. beanie. Yep. Yeah. Oh, a big beanie to add to my collection. <laughs> <laughs> it literally was, though. It was like, I need yeah. to look warm because it actually looks I'll so I'll do cold. it as myself. Yeah, because otherwise it would be like unrealistic if you were walking around in a t-shirt with no glo- like no coat, no gloves. Exactly, like and I think that was part of the division for me. It was stylized. Mm-hmm. It was so yeah. good. And then to it, have the second one without any sort of you know weather change, yeah, but there was never think, snow. Yeah, did you not think though with the division one, it did a really good job as well of creating not just a sense of realism in that, but also it felt really gloomy and dark and gritty yes. and like yeah. like you was really. In it, like it had, your, your an, it had a fantastic atmosphere, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And I think that was kind of lacking in two because I, I yeah. mean, I played a bit of two, I played, um, to be fair, quite a bit of two, I played like 10 hours worth, and then I just kind of dropped off and was like, I'm not really enjoying it like I did with one. Um, I feel like they didn't add enough personally as well compared to one. Mm-hmm. It felt like I was kind of starting again with the new character, and that was kind of it in a place that I would, you know, yeah, I preferred the old one. I liked, like I said, I liked the atmosphere of the old one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really want them to capture that again. I'd yeah. love, I think it's a really good setting. I think, like yeah. I said, kind of a bit more, you know, countryside, less urban. Um, and you, again, you can still lend yourself to that. You know, I don't, I'm not necessarily saying that I want snow 100% of the time, but I'm saying, you know, it was pointless building this amazing engine to then just never use it. I'd love like seasonal changes yes. and things like yes. that. Um, that is so, that. Seasonal changes make such a difference to a game world, especially they do. Open it keeps world it so fresh um, compared to just having, you know, it's sunny 24-7. There's no night. <laughs> and that's what Division 2 felt like. And I love, you know, yeah. I love it when it's sunny in games. Um, you know, it makes up for the fact I don't go outside in the sun. Yeah. But <laughs> it's like some of my favourite sort of stuff ever. It's like I've installed like mods on Skyrim. That yes. In- incremental weather is a mod and one mod is like insect random blizzards so you'll be randomly oh, and cool. it's a snowstorm and you can't see anything and i can remember like trying to get into winterhold and you actually like get into the town and you still just can't even see in front of you and it feels like you're like trudging through this snowstorm and then That's you get so to cool. the inn and you climb inside and you're like oh i'm staying here for a bit until the weather passes mm-hmm. and i just like stuff like that is so cool and so immersive in gaming you know yeah definitely and that's that's what i'm kind of hoping is is that we get you know something like that something where um whether it's part of it you know maybe maybe make it more of a survival game as well because i think it could really lend itself towards mm, that yeah. side um not that i'm a big survival fan i just think it would really fit the series yeah, and fit just, the just maybe maybe not fallout 76 in oh you have reduced health and stamina because yeah, you haven't no, had def- water and food <laughs> but god damn not. it i don't want to get water and food i want to shoot stuff but yeah i mean i i love the fact they've just released kind of one sort of teaser image for it and i, I don't know why but i really like the image i like the colors they use and things like that yeah and i thought that it's it's that really is. nice isn't it like for some reason it's very calm and it's like it's i, like, I drawing, like drawing though isn't it yeah and i like the kind of again it, it creates this kind of atmosphere instantly i like the kind of vibe it gives off and um yeah which is why i wanted to talk about it because it's weird because normally uh, coming off of the division two i wouldn't have been interested in this at all um but then after seeing that and kind of thinking about the whole free to play, you know, I'm going to get to try it regardless of, you know, whether I want to pay for it, I will literally just get to download it and play and then decide whether I like it. Um, I just think it could be something really cool that, um, 
that Ubisoft is adding. And I, I do hope it kind of lives up to, uh, to, to, to how I'm slightly excited for it, you know, yeah. compared to how I really did not care about two. And then two. as you yeah. did, Chris, I built it on like mega sale. And then I'm pretty sure it's it on the game pass bit. now where it was. And I'm pretty, and I still don't have it. Oh really? <laughs> like, pretty yeah. sure. But uh, that's what I mean. Like, put, nothing put, drew me I to mean, it. I well. mean, yeah. the, thing, the thing is, I like to buy the game and all the expansions and DLCs that are out oh at my the time. There's so and many. So uh, I think there's one, there's only one for Division 2 at the minute, I think. I think it's called like is Warlords really? of Warlords of something. I think it might even be Warlords of New York. Uh, maybe there's been another expansion since then, but that was the, the last one I saw. Right. And I remember I bought Division 2 for like £4 in sale. And I was like, yeah. oh, maybe I'll get into it if I get the Warlords of New York expansion because I want like, all the content that's currently released. But mm-hmm. even in the sale, that expansion was like £29. I was like, why is this expansion so expensive? <laughs> like, this is insane. Like, This better be some like MMO level like of new content like for £29. Another game, yeah. <laughs> oh. But yeah, um, so... Yep. Nice. Um, sorry, was that, was that your news pieces done? Just mm-hmm. for- just that um sorry just really quickly to and sorry to interrupt but Outrageous. i just saw this come up um only chris I, I was kind of leaning for your knowledge here um so obviously i don't know i don't know a lot about like background characters of like the marvel universe and things like that but someone yeah. has deciphered something about the venom trailer already um okay. and it says so not only are we getting a live action carnage but the trailer has also revealed that patrick mulligan the first host of toxin is also going to be in the film Oh, so okay. I don't. Do you know who Patrick Mulligan is? Or, no. I know, to be fair, there's there's loads of symbiotes. Yeah. So um, I just looked him up. He looks pretty badass, and it is. <laughs> uh, it's called. It's called Toxin. Yeah. And the, he's the only ones I know like, was Riot and Carnage, and yeah, Riot so, was the the symbiote from the first movie. So I looked into it a little bit now, and I've seen who he is in the trailer as well. Um, but he's like half venom half carnage he's like half black half red um, oh, yeah. and he's like sort of um he looks really evil but it says here toxin is the fictional character uh, character um he has been depicted as an anti-hero at times also a super villain but it says mm. notable alias he's the son of carnage oh wow that's cool yeah because uh the symbiotes they have this weird thing where they shed because technically carnage is the son of venom oh. in the comics um right. so they do this weird thing where they shed and they multiply um, right. And then there's also another one that comes out of Venom called Anti Venom, and it's literally yes, like this yeah. giant um, white symbiote with like uh, yeah, I've seen that sort of markings. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, so I just thought it was cool to mention that there's someone's already picked up on the fact that actually mm. there's not just going to be Carnage and Venom. There's also going to be Toxin as well, which yeah. is even more cool because it I means mean, potentially three. Or I kind of just 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 I thought I'd throw a fun fact out here because I don't know if you know this, but. A couple of years ago, they'd released a, a comic series about the symbiote's homeland. So if you remember in Spider-Man 3, the symbiotes are actually alien entities. They're from outer space because right. it falls right. down from space, lands on Peter Parker's uh, in Spider-Man 3, if you remember. Um, and so they are alien entities and there's even uh, some stuff with, there's a whole planet of symbiotes, basically. And I think that's even in the plot of the first Venom, isn't it? They talk yeah. about bringing the rest of the symbiotes from their homeworld, stuff like that, um, to devour Earth, like eat all the sustenance. Um, and it's really cool because on this planet, there is like a symbiote that is like the god of symbiotes, like this insane, yeah. uh, otherworldly powerful. And it looks so cool. So like maybe one day we'll get like, you know, Venom free and we'll have the, the god symbiote. 
refurbished. Where should we go? He's like, <laughs> he's basically Thanos if Thanos was a symbiote. You know, if you wanted to look at it that way. Yeah, yeah. 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 I just thought I'd, that's, that's the wicked. extent of my knowledge, but I can't tell you all the various different coloured and sure and all the I, weird I just, stuff where it's like the son of sun the son of this yeah and see, I'm do... just, yeah i'm really interested in all this because I, I, I was just looking like there's people obviously like pulling things all over the trailer about different you know notable things and all that but so someone has come out and said about like the law of spider-man and the mcu and stuff like that and this is what has been quoted about the film there are links between Venom and Spider-Man and the Marvel Universe and the Spider-Man story, but we're treating mm. this very much as its own world. There are nods like little moments in the trailer where you'll see what, uh, somebody reading the Daily Bugle, but on, uh, but on the other hand, um, every, the characters are pretty much unaware that there is such a thing as Spider-Man in these movies, in this mm. movie at the moment. Yeah. Which is I mean, odd. I don't know. I, I just I mean, wondering it's kind of cool, not. but I mean, they might be going with the route that, because they've talked about how they want to, they want Tom Holland and uh, Tom Hardy both want to interact, right? As their yeah. characters. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if we know about the, the, all the big rumors surrounding this multiverse Spider-Man film. And it yeah. kind of makes sense to me to Venom to be in this alternate reality to Tom, ha- Tom um, mm-hmm. Holland. And mm-hmm. maybe even through the events of um, the Spider-Man multiverse movie we're getting, well, rumors be getting, maybe Eddie Brock gets brought into Tom Holland universe and ends up having to stay there at the end of the storyline. Because that yeah. way, or maybe he goes back and you just have them interact in that movie, right? Because that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the beauty of um, having a character like Doctor Strange who can go to different <laughs> realities and stuff like that. You, you, can, you can have these self-contained stories that do their own thing, own things that don't have to worry about the wider world. Um, and then if you want the characters to cross over, you just go, hey, he's jumped into their, their universe, you know, which the comics do all the time. You know, there's so many uh, storylines where that's sort of the case. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, it's really interesting and cool to see like how they do these things and whatever. I'm just really excited. Uh, but anyway, sorry, I completely derailed <laughs> us there. So go back to um, yeah, your reviews, please. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, Bradley was going first, weren't you? Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm like, yep. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, <laughs> this week um, I wanted to review uh, a game called The Surge Two. Have they, has it? Oh, I've been thinking about buying this game. What was it? Really? Sorry, I did a million I times. The Sorry, Surge I... Two. Oh, I've heard of it, but I I, every yeah. time. Oh, why were you sale, thinking about buying it, Chris? Because I see it on sale for like twelve pounds, like the Ultimate Edition. All the time. And Do you I'm know what kind like, of game it is? Yeah, it's, it's Dark Souls, isn't it? It's Soul Souls. Yeah, but why like, would you start with the Surge? <laughs> I don't know. I just like the, the no. mix. I like the sort of... Um... No, no, you don't go for a, a knockoff Souls. Go for an actual Souls <laughs> or, or like Neo. Definitely 100% go for Neo. I'm still like... Oh, I don't I haven't played it in ages because I'm like taking a break so I can go back to it and, you know, absolutely blitz it again. But yeah. Um, anyway, so the Surge 2... Um, I I took a while to finish this. I was playing a lot of kind of Overwatch and, and I was basically playing in the downtimes when I wasn't doing that. And there was a reason I was kind of doing that. Um, and I realized that about kind of probably about three, four hours into the game. Um, and the statement I said was, I like the game. I don't love it. Okay. And when I'm like that with games, I kind of continually play them because I, I want to finish them, but I don't necessarily want 
to to do what I do with games like Neo, where I spend 200 hours straight and then move on. It mm. was a game I was quite happy to kind of play a little bit, you know, play like, a, you know, even sometimes it'd be like 30 minutes and then kind of go on something else and then play someone else. And I don't do that with a lot of games. So it has to find that real sweet spot for me to be comfortable doing that. Um, Cause otherwise normally I'll be too bored and I will just leave, you know, permanently or um, I'll love it. Like I said, and I'll just want to grind it out, but that it found that perfect sweet spot where I was like, I, I do like it. I just don't love it. Mm. Um, the world is kind of like, um, it's really weird. It's, and I think um, it was something that wasn't really utilized in terms of like the story in, in the best way it can. I think the story is kind of lackluster to say That's the least. Shame. God, apparently Surge 1 has a really good story. I didn't want to play the Surge yeah, 1 because I, I play... I played the uh, I played sorry Souls like because of the gameplay. So I I knew going into it the Surge Two had a lackluster story, and I was fine with that. Um, but even completing it, I was sitting there thinking this could have had such a cool story. You know, regardless of the genre, regardless of the fact I don't really care about the story, it was just such a cool setting. So it's kind of this futuristicy, um, tech-infused world where. Um, the tech is almost like aliens, but they, they kind of infuse themselves with, you know, weapons mm. and, and kind of things around Very you. Very sort of crisis. Um, I've yes. never actually played crisis. I'll be honest. <laughs> that's, I mean, I mean, that's like an alien symbiote suit, but that's very much like oh. it's. Yeah. Hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up the mother in phone a second. Hang on. You have never played oh, crisis. Bradley, you oh. would adore you would, crisis. Bradley, you would shred those games that. down to nothing. You would grind them until they were, and you would go. You would love. You would literally come all out of three of like them. A, it's funny because they're like the typical I played meme crisis as well. one, two, and three again recently. They are so good. Mm. They are so good. Yeah, I, do you know what? Two's I struggled playing crisis one. I was going to oh, struggle what? playing it. Again. I like one. I struggled it, but I like them all. crisis two. Crisis oh, two is the hold best. weight for now, doesn't it? Doesn't it hold I weight mean, now, though? People even... think uh, there's a debate between what's better, three or two. But for me, I love two. Two is just honest opinion. <sighs> Sorry, just quickly, I'm derailing. Honest, really quickly though, you need to play Crisis. Um, All of crisis two is All better from a story. Talk point about them on podcast. Um, story point of view, Crisis two is better for me, but I actually prefer the gameplay and that in Crisis three. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's and just massively better. underrated. There's a bow in three, the isn't story, it? The story across oh, one, so two, and three is actually, if you actually delve <laughs> really into clever. it, it's yeah, really it's clever, really, clever. really emotional, yeah. and yeah. Yeah, oh, oh, I love it. I just love it. <laughs> yeah, play Crisis, Bradley, and then and then come back. And then review that. Anyway, carry yeah, on. Yeah, all three. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it is a really cool setting, and I do think that they could have done something really cool with it. And and like I said, Surge 1 might be something really amazing. Um, you know, it might be really different to the Surge 2. I, I know it's a completely different setting in terms of um, story-wise. It's nothing to do with the second one. So, you know, if anybody has played the Surge 1 and, you know, and the Surge 2 and you can compare the two, then obviously email in and, and tell us about it. Tell us how amazing the first one is compared to the second one. But um, gameplay-wise is, is kind of where that, that I like, I don't love. Um, sat, like I said, I played purely for the gameplay. Is You know, it's a challenge game for me. Um, and there were so many points where you're playing through it and the way that most of the combat works. So all of the weapons, for one, have in my opinion, fantastic animations, which made the combat 
look so flawless and amazing um you can have like scythes and you're doing spinning attacks and it just looks it, it's just one of those games that's just like eye candy for the attacks at least for me anyway i think um the fluid animations really add a lot to the to the combat um and a lot of the weapons are like dual claw type weapons and you'll be doing lots of like spins with those and it just it just you know it looks and feels really cool um but the whole game kind of runs off of parries now a lot of people online are like you don't have to parry but the game really really wants you to um it's not like dark souls or, or kind of neo where it's like oh yeah you could do it if you want it's you know it's an option it's very much in your face at least, at least that's my opinion i think it is very very base and basically everyone you fight is you should parry them um and this is where the kind of like the, the like not love comes into it. So the way the parry system actually works, you hold um, the block button and then it's a directional parry. So it's a bit like for honor, but with an extra arrow. So instead of just kind of being like okay. um, up, left, right, it's up, down, left, right. Um, that would confuse me even more, I think. So it's just all four. It's just literally like all four directions up, down, left, Bradley, right. Bradley, you've never seen me play for honor. Oh, fair enough. I mean, don't get me wrong. And I'll, this is the I'll thing. Get in the mode, but, 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 but after not playing for months and going into it, I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, how do you parry? How do you parry again? Well, that's the thing. It's literally in, in this game, it's just you have to push the stick in that direction as the attack lands. It's not even like you have to hold it and then hold RT. It's not like for honor. It's easier. You just push the stick up or left or sorry, right. Sorry, or just quickly. I hear Chris talk about how it feels when you go back to for honor. It's literally the weirdest thing. You go back to for honor and you're just like, I don't know how to do any of my moves anymore. I'm just being like, bullied in the corner. <laughs> yeah. How, how do I'm I just, parry? And, I'm, I'm just going to have to gank muckles? everyone off the ledges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you just do that, that awful thing where you just keep shoving people backwards and stuff until you knock them off an edge. Or, or, like, or, or be that awful guy who like third parties a fight that's going oh, just to yeah. get the kill in. Oh, and okay. then you get revenge and both die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, second derail over. Continue. So, see, yeah so the the, the parry system um it feels really good when you land it because you can be kind of like fighting and then you just like boom and and when you do land it it's like this very dramatic as all parries and souls likes so it's very dramatic like boom and then like they recall they're all staggered and you get this mm. really huge that sounds hitting. satisfying um so it feels it is it's really satisfying but it doesn't always work <laughs> and, <laughs> and, ah. and and that's where the like comes in is the amount of times you're like that's perfect that is perfect why have you not parried and the thing is is there's a disadvantage if you block you will pretty much always lose all of your stamina oh, and God. obviously not be able to do anything um and the thing is is obviously if you miss the parry there's an even bigger punishment of you get hit instead so because it's in between parry and block so if you get hit in that sweet spot you'll actually take the damage um so either way Best case scenario, in my opinion, is you did like, you know, obviously is, it, this is assuming you didn't get the parry, is you get hit because it's even worse when you block it and you lose all your stamina because then you just have to wait. You have to back away. I'd rather just get hit and then be able to just still follow up with attacks and things like that. But yeah, this, this really bugs me throughout the whole game is that there's a problem with the, the animations is what like I found out very late in the game the animation of him actually going for the parry, because you can see him going for the directional parry. But apparently that doesn't actually sync up with the button input of what would have been the parry. And that's why there's so much confusion. 
because his arms are moving perfectly even the game's going i don't know what's happening yeah literally his arms are like going up to the attack and you literally see his arms touching the attack and you're like uh what and then you're just sitting there like i have been hit game and the amount of times that it would just like frustrate you like don't get me wrong it works like quite a lot but it will always be in that one moment where you're like one hit away and you get you, you're like yes perfect parry and you see his arms go up and the attack go right through you and you die and you have to restart the whole thing and you're just like oh it, just, it really grinds you when it gets to that point where you're like i know i did that perfectly especially because i'm very consistent so i know the timings um of these types of things so it'll be a case of i know the exact time and i will do it the exact same every time and there's a like you know 30 40 percent chance that it just won't work even though i've done the exact same thing for the same attack um and that's something really bugs me because these games are all about learning and improving. But when the game feels at fault, you really get more frustrated. When you're at fault, obviously, you, you get frustrated, but you don't get anywhere near as frustrated as when it wasn't your fault, when it was actually, you know, it was the game. It was, it was literally the fact that you did it perfectly and it didn't accept it. Um, and there's one boss that I know a lot of people online don't like. <laughs> And it's one of that sorry it's quickly it's one of their moments where you know like how you usually you know you just said you get more annoyed when obviously you can like, like when you're saying it's the game's fault not yours yeah. it's like the stereotypical gay angry gamer thing like oh it's not me the game's broken game no broken. no but it actually <laughs> is because like there's no i know but like, no, you yeah know I, mean? I, I did <laughs> when i was saying it i was like i, I did the like perfect harry it was perfect you should have seen you should have <laughs> seen it it was perfect i literally <laughs> the sword came up bang i blocked yeah. it but i do i do it sounds sound like that like though, it. yeah yeah. Uh, but to be fair yeah no i sound completely like that but it is, it is a case of i would literally do the same timings um and it is the animations because i found out they are desync but yeah I, I sound like that and everybody in the in the kind of you know the listeners can can think i'm a little sucker for these types of things now but i did it right i swear i did it right every time <laughs> but yeah no, obviously there's ones that I'm like, oh crap, I completely messed that up. But like, just imagine fine. that and, like, like, fat guy from South Park with the like man in jail and he's just slamming his fingers into the desk. <laughs> did yeah. it, man, I did it. The, the, the other problem I had was um, the game kind of feels a bit clunky at times and, and I kind of like it and I dislike it because you're wearing all this kind of like heavy tech armor. Um, so it I mean, kind it looks of, cool. Yeah, it feels like it should be clunky, but at the same mm. time, it was kind of annoying at first until you get used to it, because I was used to, you know... Th- this is the other problem, is Neo has ruined every Souls-like for me, <laughs> how fast and insane it is. Um, I was playing it, and I was like, oh, God, I feel like a brick. Like, I'm just like... <laughs> like, you know, like, if you were going to make a brick walk, it would just, like, fall on its face and then roll up and then fall on its face again. Well, when, That's like, how mech it felt. technology's not quite there yet. Yeah, it's like, oh, it should be really smooth, but it's not. So eventually I got used to it. But that, um, that aside, the biggest gripe I had again, which is most, most Souls-like, is the camera. Now, most Souls-likes have no idea how to, to, to do cameras when you get towards walls and things. Um, and that's fine until you give a boss like Little, little Johnny, his name is. And he's in this giant mecha thing. Little Johnny. Right? Yeah, Little Johnny's in a giant mecha thing. And... Um, the, the reason I, I want to talk about this boss is that I had so much frustration with him because he does this move where he steps over you. Oh, and you can imagine what the camera thinks of that. <laughs> it doesn't know where to go because he's like, he's above you. So your lock-on's like freaking out. 
and then you're suddenly like flipped and because it's all directional obviously the movement depending on like the strafing is based on the lock-on you'll start walking the wrong direction he's stepping over you it's just going awful and this boss oh this boss he just i just couldn't this camera killed me so many times of me being like where am i and you'd just be in little johnny's butt <laughs> like you couldn't do anything but oh it it there's so many points that i was just so frustrated but then there were so many points where i was like this game is awesome and like that's why i liked it it's because there were so many uptimes but so many downtimes as well and it was always the same points um the the bosses were always a kind of disappointment for me i'll be honest the main game was far better than the, the bosses the bosses all um Based, like i said they're all kind of you know you're you're waiting for attacks which is fine i love you know like i said when the parry system works it feels amazing so i'm fine with that the problem comes from the fact that half the bosses just feel like reskins of each other uh, that's a shame and you're like oh oh I've, I've, and some of them literally are reskins. <laughs> like you literally they're like there's the boss again and you're like, what? And this, like, yeah, uh, that's the same that's little Jimmy's cousin, and this guy, Big Jimmy. To be fair, we never fight little Johnny's <laughs> type <laughs> again, which I was so grateful for. But we fight so many of the others again. And it's just got like a different name, but they're the exact same. They have no additional attacks. They have the same health. And you're just like, um, why? And they're like, content. And I'm like, I'd rather you've just been like, don't worry about the content. Make, you, know, or, you know, make a new boss. Or something, I don't know. So, yeah, it's a game that, like, overall, if anybody was kind of looking for a recommendation, if you're a massive Souls Like fan and you're looking for your kind of next fix, definitely play it. If okay. you're kind of getting into Souls Likes, 100% don't play it, in my opinion. It's not a great representation. <laughs> I will not be giving be. <laughs> my £12 over then. No, I, I wouldn't. I would say once you start playing other Souls Likes and maybe you start enjoying those, then give it a go. But I would hate this to be your Souls-like experience and then you'd be like, it's, it's kind of broken. Taste. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it is. It's like a lot of it is just slightly off and you're like, what? And there's so many things that you just like die and you're like, what did I die from? The game doesn't obviously tell you. And I'm like, why did I die? Like, I've literally just killed over at points and I'm like, what? <laughs> it's just falling over. <laughs> because like randomly you'll just take your full health bar of damage, which is ridiculous because like, there's a really cool um, healing system. So the healing is built off of energy and you build energy by attacking. So it's this case of like the more aggressive you are, the more you can heal. Um, but at the same time, obviously, if you take in big damage, you won't be able to heal enough. Um, so I really liked that healing mechanic because you could ne technically you could never run out of heals if there was enemies around you. Um, whereas obviously like Dark Souls and other Souls, like she'll have a set amount. And that's it. You know, once you run out, you run out, you have to rest again. And whereas this is like, you can endlessly keep building up your hills and keep healing. Um, so it was really cool. But yeah, there's so many things that I'm like, what? Hold on. Hold on. And I'm, I'm like, just, you know, you know that like the hand, the open palm towards the screen. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> it's just, uh, I don't know. It, it's like, this is why I wanted to talk about it because I have such a mixed feeling. I was like, this is going to be good for the podcast because normally I do positive reviews. But this one... This one's like got me, you know, like I started doing all the side quests and then I got too bored. So I stopped and I just finished the game and was like, I don't think I'll go back to that for a long time. <laughs> and then, you know, one day I will. But yeah, don't play it if you're new to Souls Likes. If you need a fix and you're a Souls Like fan, get it. Nice. 
Keep that in mind. You've, you've saved my wallet, Bradley. Well done. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll play okay. Surge 1 then, if the story's really good. Uh, Yeah. So apparently, like, the gameplay is worse, but mm. the story's better, which, to be yeah. fair... I play, I've played... I mean, I, if the story's good, I can get past bad gameplay. Yeah, well, the whole, like, thing with the Surge is limb targeting, which is, again, a real really cool idea yeah you, i mean that's you, lock on uh, you, you know head, I, i've loved stairs. that since uh dragon's dogma yes and that 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 again the amount of time so in that little journey fight you have to target specific limbs and the amount mm. of times that you'd be like right target this leg and then it's like flicks back to the body and you're like no 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 leg and then it's like <laughs> flicks back to the body you're like i literally can't do this until you comply with me game and you're like, come on, you can do this. And it's like flicks back to body. And it's the same with because of directional parries. If you um, don't get the perfect parry, you'll most likely change body part as well. And that was so frustrating <laughs> when the parries would randomly mess up. You're like, okay, fine. But then you're targeting the wrong limb and you don't realize. And you're like, why am I doing no damage now? And you're like, oh, okay, of course. What um, is going on? So yeah, it was just a mix of kind of meh things. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> so... Yeah, maybe play the Surge one and then let me know. That is your Surge review. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, I have a little review today. I'm not going to um, drown on for, our, uh, for hours. Um, I just wanted to talk about a show that wrapped recently um, called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I thought you said it like a little show that wrapped, you know. Yeah, one you might not have <laughs> heard of. It's well, not very big. Yeah. Well, I think it feels little Some because it's, it's only like six episodes, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So it's very digestible. It's more like a, a mini movie, sort of spread out across yeah. six episodes, really, um, which is really fascinating. Um, and it's really a mixed bag of a show <clears throat> because there's a lot of stuff I love and there's a lot of stuff that slightly disappointed me. I feel... I So just for <clears throat> some context, I've only seen the first two episodes, but I feel the exact same way already about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'd be interesting to hear your... your about the whole thing so obviously i won't go into any spoilers um i'm gonna keep this spoiler free but i will give you all the positives quickly so the positives in my eyes is the characters and the character arcs that bucky goes through that sam falcon goes through that zemo the one a returning villain slash anti-hero goes through that um um god that john walker the new captain america um, goes through all four of those storylines had me hooked. I was emotionally yeah. invested. Uh, yeah. Honestly, all four of them, I cared so much about all four of their characters. And um, um, White, White, Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's son, plays the new Captain America. And oh, is that who he is? Yeah, White Russell. That's no Kurt way. Russell's son. Um, and he's amazing. <laughs> He is literally, I saw this appreciation post saying uh, he acts so well that he's so hated by everyone. Yeah. Like, but then he also manages to turn this hated character into a character that, without any spoilers, kind of becomes slightly beloved to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't tell you why, but I was like that. I hated him, yeah, hated don't him. Worry. At the moment, I'm on the hate train. And, and then worry. towards the end, I was like, you know what? I really like this character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sympathize with this character. Um, but, but anyway, um, yeah, all four of them have such a strong, amazing arc. And I, I don't know if you remember 
uh, my predictions um, or what I said I wanted to happen because I was like, I want Falcon to get um, Super Soldier Serum. I want Baron Zemo to get Super Soldier Serum. I wanted all these different things to happen. And I said, this needs to happen. This needs to happen. And nothing that I wanted happened. And I could not be happier that they didn't do what I wanted in my mind because what they did do is so much better and it fits with the universe and what they've already established for these characters and Daniel Brawl as Baron Zemo it it is just an amazing follow-up to Civil War and I am just I absolutely love this guy as this character that walks the walks the line between good and bad and that uh, I'm not. Uh, I would love for you guys to watch it and for you know for a couple more weeks to go by so everyone's seen it and then we yeah. can talk spoilers. Yeah, I. Um, yeah, I think we should after some times passed. I like I say I am watching it. I've just only watched the first two, but um, only the other day because I wanted them mm. all to be out so I could spam it. Yeah. Um, and I've just watched the first two. I I. What What are your negatives about it before? So before so I'll, I'll quickly finish the positives. Um. So like I said, it was character moments are fantastic. Um, some of the action sequences are amazingly done. Like the opening action sequence with Falcon was awesome. Um, and there's some other bits and bobs that are really, really good. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say is the theme of the show, it yo-yos between like uh, having the tone of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which I love. It's my probably my favourite Marvel movie or it's in the top three at least Mm -hmm. um i absolutely love the tone of that but it also at times and the director's done a really good job of this it also has occasional cheesy and fun very like spider-man sam rainy sam rainy rainy lines yeah and i love it yeah Um, chris i'm not going to go into spoiler but there's one in the second episode there's a one bit oh i know the one you're talking about i think when when he talks about um wizards and sorcerers yeah oh or the wakanda one had me absolutely dying that no, I, I, that's all I'm going to say, Bradley. No. There's there's a we line in the second the one uh, to do with um, sorcerers and wizards. When you get if you watch it and you get to that bit, you will have a right laugh yeah. at that because it's but, really cleverly done. But again, it's mm-hmm. so so cheesy and yeah. it doesn't feel uncomfortable. It's done. I would literally compare it to the original Spider-Man's, where they had those really cheesy lines and moments. But it was good cheese. It wasn't yeah. like oh god, why are you doing this? It was oh okay, yeah, I'm actually yeah, enjoying yeah. this. Um, and yeah, the, the good, good things are just, you know, obviously it's not a spoiler to say, um, Falcon becomes Captain America, because if no. you've watched Endgame, you know, yeah, yeah. Captain America gives him the shield. And I was never a big fan of that in the comics, but where the comics got it wrong, this series absolutely nails it. And by the end of this series, I was like, I love Falcon as the new cap. Like I'm on board. I'm fully yeah, committed. Yeah. And I did not like that choice in the comics. No. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, so I can't really say any more about spoilers, but I'll give you the bad quick. Um, some of the fight sequences are, and it's really annoying because there's really good fight sequences, but there's also really bad fight sequences. Yeah. And the strength level from the super soldiers is so inconsistent. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're like Captain America level and yeah. they're like kicking yeah. people across the room and throwing yeah. people all, all across the place. And then the next minute they're like, like Falcons just fist fighting them. And I'm like, hang on. Right. Okay. It's okay. so inconsistent. So, so I, I'm so glad you said this. Yeah. So 
um, one of my biggest no's so far is that some of the, I feel like some of the fight scenes and even some of the CGI looks a bit dodge sometimes. And mm. I was a bit like, this is odd for a Marvel thing, like especially that's just been made. But I tell you exactly which bit. And again, it's no context. The fight in the second episode or first episode on top of the trucks with the super yeah, soldiers. It was just yeah, bad. When, when, what's his name? John, is it John, John Walker? Walker. Yeah. yeah. When he turns up and I'm like, hang on a second. He's not a super soldier. Why is it? Why is this? Well, like, Falcon no, and he gets punched. And I'm like, how is he fighting against super soldiers with that strength? Like, yeah. Uh, like there's a, there's a lot of moments in the series where just either like you, you watch winter soldier and Bucky's like giving cap like yeah. difficulties. And then yeah, yeah. he's being like held down by like one like thug who's yeah. just had serum in him. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, what, you should be kicking his ass. Like, there's and then there's yeah. moments where, like I say, the super soldiers will kick someone and they'll go like 20 meters, Flying. and yeah. it'll be like Captain America, and you're like, whoa, you know, these guys, you know, they're superhuman. And then other times they just like gently. Or, or they like Kick punch the a ground. normal person yeah. and then sometimes they just like <laughs> obliterate that person and other times they full on punch <laughs> him and they don't like nothing they're fine and i'm just like oh my god the, this is just so inconsistent inconsistent and, and also yeah. editing is not in all of them because some of the fight sequences like i said are really really good but in some especially the later episodes the there's so many cuts whereas if you watch like captain america it stays with mm. the camera and you get the weight of the punch and there's there's an impact, there's a shock, there's a yeah, yeah. it feels so real, so sort of kinetic. Whereas because there's so many edits and so many yeah, camera yeah. angles, you lose the feeling of the impact from punches. And yeah. that happens a yeah. lot in the later episodes. And I was just like, you I make them just before. seem like normal like dudes, and it's just and the Two only other the only off. other negative <laughs> I have, um, like I said, everyone, in my opinion, in this series is fantastic. Everyone is an amazing but, actor and is really well cast. But Carly, this main girl, oh my God, she's like an East Enders actor. I'm like, what are you <laughs> doing here? It's pa- and I've not seen this anywhere. Like uh, bizarrely, because I watch a lot of reviews, I, I, I like people's opinions. I like um, to, to see the yeah. differences, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, to yeah. my sort of own, own opinion. But I didn't see anywhere saying they didn't like her or they thought she was a bad actress. So maybe it's just me. But oh my God, every line is delivered in the same monotone voice. And when she gets angry, it's so cringy. And my problem is like, I'm not against the idea of their leader being this small, young teenage girl. Like, I think that's a brilliant plot point. And I think it's really cool. But she just doesn't sell it. I just (laughs) don't think she can act. And and considering she's the main villain, like it, it just falls so flat for me. And it's such yeah. a letdown in a series where everyone else is on their A game and everyone is else a, is doing yeah, yeah. so well. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I was just baffled every time she came on screen. <laughs> and there's like a, there's a bit coming up, Jack, where she gets really angry, and I was like, oh my god, I'm cringing. Like, shut up. Like. Yeah, and like I say, I love the plot point. I love the idea. I just think the actress was massively miscast. And I don't know if it's because she's English and they think maybe the accent hides her bad acting. They just think, oh, she's good. Cause, but, but I don't know, for someone from England, I'm like, Jesus, what is this? <laughs> like, she belongs on EastEnders. This isn't right. 
I've seen better acting on EastEnders actually. That's that's too <laughs> that's too friendly. Um, but yes, yeah, so they're my negatives. Yeah. But overall, well, I... the show I would say the positives massively outweigh mm-hmm. the negatives. Quick, um, I've got one question for you. Yeah. Have you have you watched One Division? Yes. Right. I've better or worse? Way. I know they're very different, but better or worse? <sighs> I think they're overall. completely different. Um, yeah. I. I loved both of them. I have issues with ways. both of them, um, mm-hmm. but they're so vastly different. I, yeah, I, I don't think it's to fair say, to, yeah, to yeah. compare. If I no. had to choose one at, at, at like um, gunpoint, I'd probably go Falcon and Winter Soldier, Gun- but that's... Gunpoint's a bit extreme. I don't think anyone's going to hold you at gunpoint and ask you that question, but... <laughs> but that's <laughs> like... just because I love the, the whole... Yeah. I've always loved Captain America and I've always loved the whole like super soldier side of Marvel comics yeah. where you've got this, cause you know, it really spans from world war two up to the modern day and you have the different yeah. iterations of the serum, which this show dives into and the debate on does the serum corrupt? And there's beautiful lines in this of like the only one it didn't really corrupt is, is, uh, you know, Steve Rogers um and you know and this was so fun because i love storylines like like the storyline where batman dies and all the robins are competing over becoming the new batman i really love it in comics where there's like a mantle where it's like batman is a is a you know it's a it's a symbol whereas it's the same in this there's all these characters vying to be captain america and you really feel that in this series and you're left with with different people trying to be Captain America and then the right person at the end ends up being Captain America. Like, and again, it makes it very clear. He could never replace the original Captain America, but he's the best that you've got. Replacement. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Not even replacement, like his own version of Captain America. Yeah. 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 Um, But yeah, I, again, like I say, I think the good definitely outweighs the bad, but if you're looking at it objectively, there's a lot of issues uh, in this show, but like I say, it's worth it for the story and the character beats a lot. And the acting is so good from like 90% of the cast. So, <laughs> yeah, 99.9% yeah. of the cast, but so, we won't mention so names. That is my brief, um, you know, nice um, Falcon and the Winter uh, Soldier review. Overview. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and if anyone else agreed with me about Carly, please email the show. We'll read it <laughs> out. We'll talk it out. Because I can't be the only one. <laughs> the only person right. who thought it literally everyone else is like brilliant absolute 100 percent best of when yeah. the oscars <laughs> yeah and, and you're just sitting there like i oh, just must be watching a different show um, yeah literally maybe it switched no. over to eastenders every time she came on <laughs> yeah. um, for, for anyone yeah. wondering uh because we have a lot of listeners listeners from around the world eastenders is like a british soap opera um yeah, series is, um, google it. and you'll see how yeah. amazing yeah, google it, it. watch some scenes definitely <laughs> oh. but yeah so that's okay. it for my review this week uh, yeah. do we have any closing thoughts no no i'm no? not I, I don't anyone else um have you played one. hoods outlaws and legends jack is it out now so, <laughs> yeah <laughs> You actually I haven't, I haven't played I it. I just wanted to see if you have played it. No, I haven't. <laughs> Is it out? Have, I didn't know it was out yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if you pre-ordered it, it came out on the seventh, and if you're Brilliant. not, it's it's completely out today. So, mm-hmm. well, I know I haven't, but I probably will be. If I do, I'll talk about I'm it. I'm like, do I get it? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, I'll, I might hold off a little uh, bit, but I'm gonna see what the the overall view is. But um, yeah, yeah. So that's what I was gonna do. I mean, okay. I I have a tasty closing thought. Go on, go on then. 
I have two very exciting things to play on my days off on Friday. Go on. I I, I went out on a limb and I bought, um, uh, I think it's the Ancient Gods, the, the Doom Eternal expansions. Oh, uh, right, yeah. One and two. So I put yeah. pass. Yeah. So I'm buzzing to play um, both of those. Yeah. And I will definitely be talking about it on the podcast. Nice. Um, and do you know what comes out on Friday? Do you, you know? Out on Friday? Is yeah. it? Is it? It's not the um, Mass Effect thing, is it? It is. Yeah, it's, the Mass Effect. It's not so the Mass Effect. Soon. No, I knew thing, it was. That's why. <laughs> I have it pre-ordered. <laughs> I have it pre-installed, and I'm so excited. Oh, and you nice. may not oh. see me for 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 for, for five months. Podcast is cancelled for the next three weeks because Chris is gonna, Chris is going to need to sign. First thing you hear next week. Just welcome back to the Ripper. <laughs> we're taking again. a slight break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm joking. We're 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 <laughs> the we're. We're back to our weekly episodes now. Yeah, um, and they'll probably you know, just be talking about it a yeah. lot. I will definitely be talking about um, the new new gods. Um, I think it's, or it's ancient gods or new gods. Ancient gods, um, I think it for is. For Doom Eternal. Yeah. I will definitely talk about Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Uh, I will do my belated ESO review at some point, which I promised <laughs> like two episodes ago at this point now. Um, but obviously we've had some time off. I've completed and watched a lot of stuff. So we've all got quite yeah, a... Yeah, I need to... I need to actually play something so that I can review. I don't, but I need to start playing some stuff to review. Play that and tell me how it is. (laughs) Okay. No worries. Well, unless you've got anything else to add. Nice. That's us done. Okay, guys, we will catch you next week. See you next week. See you later.